Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And we're going to talk tonight about the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, chapter 3 and 4. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be here again. I was saying a lot of our people out there doesn't know, but a couple of weeks ago I had a stroke. And, you know, when that happened, that's you get the wondering, well, Lord, are you getting ready to take me home or what? And the first thing out of my mouth was not even me thinking about it was, I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of God. And afterwards I said, Lord, if you're ready for me to go home, I'm ready to go home. If not, I'm ready to stay, either one you want me to do. And within five minutes after I said that statement, and they had already x-rayed me and everything, found that I had a stroke. Within five minutes after I said that prayer, I was totally healed. And the doctors couldn't believe it. They had to check me first of all. They said, well, you just think. I said, listen to my, my conversation. When I came into the hospital, I was uh, slurred of speech. I was uh, on my right side, had no strength. No, I couldn't gas anything. And I was drooling on the right side, and my face was droop, uh, drooping. But after I got through saying that prayer, I'm, I'm a, this is. I told him, I said, listen, listen to me talk. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I can talk and you can speak. I'm not slurring anymore. I said, check my strength. And they checked the strength. I told the doctor, I said, you don't want me to grieve part of can't. I'll break your hand. And they just kind of smiled. I proved it to them. I was totally healed because the word of God is true. It works. People, if you don't understand that the Bible is the real word of God, the Bible is where we get our testimony. The Bible is the one who tells us this is how we live and not die, believing the word of God. All right, I'm having a little trouble with my headset tonight, so I'll do the best I can. So anyway, let's talk about Acts, the third chapter, starting with the first verse. Acts, the third chapter, starting with the uh, first verse. Now, Peter and John went up to the into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom he lay there daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that enter into the temple. Whom, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, with John said, look on us, or look at us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles received strength. He leaped up and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that he was 
the one who sits with arms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder, signs, wonders, and miracles, and amazement at what had happened to him. And as the lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them at the porch called Solomon, greatly wondering. And Peter saw it, and he answered the people, said, You men of Israel, why marvel at this? Or why look so earnest at us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man walk, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and Jacob, the God of your fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pontius, when they deserved, he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the Just One and desire a murder to be granted unto you, and kill the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, wherefore we are witnessed. And his name through faith in, our, in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith by, which, uh, by him which was given a perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I would that, you, uh, I would that through ignorance you did this and also your rulers. And those things which God before had showed by the mouth of his prophets that Christ should suffer, that the, that he fulfilled everything that was written about the Bible. So in other words, he's saying, now listen, this man got healed. Why did he get healed? Was it by the faith of Peter? Was it by the faith of John? Was it by the faith of anybody? It was faith in the name, the authority. That's what the word name means, authority. That what God's word says, the prophets had prophesied there was going to be one like unto Moses. Moses prophesied there was going to be one like unto him. He was going to be uh, him that is the one we should listen to, and that one, him, is Jesus. So now Jesus has uh, came on the scene. Had, uh, his ministry was three and a half years, or some people say it was less than that or more than that. We don't know. All we know is that he had a ministry. And during that ministry, people got healed. And Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So those people that said uh, healing is not for today, then you don't need to go to the doctor because you don't believe in healing. Healing is not for the day. But Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he said it, that means healing is going to be for ongoing until the day that he takes reign here, rule and reign, and we rule and reign with him, where we'll be healed in our new bodies, and they'll never be sick again. So as I said, as I was at that hospital, and I proved that there was nothing wrong with me, I got totally healed. But doctors don't want to believe, I'm not all doctors, some doctors don't want to believe. So they did not believe in miracles. So what they did with this kept giving me medicine upon medicine upon medicine, and yet still, I've already been healed, and the Lord proved it. I have a young man named uh, Gary Nielsen, and what happened with him? He came to visit us at our church. He had been uh, in pain for 15 years, 15 years, 
And for four hours of prayer, that's what we prayed over for four hours. A man named Shane Nelson helped with the prayer. Four and a half hours we prayed over him, and when that thing came out, he was able to walk. He was able to lift weights again. After all those years, our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is not dead. He's yet alive. He rose from the dead, according to the scriptures, what we were just reading here now. He rose from the dead, and because he rose from the dead, his name is the power of heaven, in heaven and in earth, and that's how people are raised from the dead. Now, there are others that have claimed that their messiahs rose from the dead, but this is the thing that's different between ours and theirs. Yes, they said that he rose from the dead. I think it was Cyrus, but the thing is, he, in his name, nobody else ever got healed. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we have seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, blood disease healed, cancer being healed. You name it, I've seen it. Now, if you get healed, Jesus did it. If you don't get healed, it's Jesus did it. And sometimes people say, well, it's your faith. You don't have enough faith. But the Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, just a little bitty faith is just a fraction of faith, then you should receive what you're looking for. But sometimes we're not willing to to suffer with Jesus. That's what it says here in the scripture. We just got the reading that you must be first willing to suffer with Jesus. You also got to be willing to be a witness for Jesus. And you got to remember the Bible the book of Acts talks about miracles all the way through here, but it also talks about how people reject us, those that know our God, according to Daniel, will do great exploits or great miracles in the end times. We are seeing miracles upon miracles upon miracles. This man named Reinhard Bunke in Africa, he saw over millions of people healed at the same time. Why? Because of the word. The word is true, and if we believe it, we shall receive it. So let's turn. We're still at uh, Acts, the third chapter, and at the 18th verse. But those things which God before has shown by the mouth of his prophets that Christ should suffer, he had to suffer. So do we. He has so fulfilled. Repent you, therefore. And be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. What does it mean to convert? What does it mean to repent? Repent means to have a change of mind. Convert is another way of saying, hey, my sins are wrong. I want it blotted out. I want to do what is right. So to convert from what is wrong to do what is right. That's what the word righteousness means. A lot of times people say, well, I have the righteousness of Christ, but they have no understanding of what that means. God has forgiven us. He didn't have to. That's grace right there. But he didn't forgive us so we can go back and sin again. He forgave us so we can have another chance of doing what is right. And if you fall down a few more times, God is not pushing you down. He's trying to encourage you to get back up. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be the child of God. He doesn't want you to be a baby any longer. When you first get born again, 
you get the milk of the word. Look like any time you pray for some boy, it came to pass right quick. But when you get older, God wants you to grow up. He wants you to get to the meat. And that's why prayers don't always get answered right away. It's not that it ain't going to be answered. It just don't happen right away sometimes. But God wants you to be a strong man or a strong woman in the word of God. Then it says on the 20th verse, it says, And he shall send Jesus, which was before preached unto you, when heaven must receive the times of restitution from all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his prophets, holy prophets, since the world began. And Moses said, truly unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you, unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. He shall come, it, it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear the prophet, and who is the prophet, Jesus, shall be destroyed from among his people. Yes, all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow after, as many have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenants which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God has given, raising his son, Jesus, sent him to bless you, bless you, not curse you, and turning away from every one of you from his iniquity. In other words, God said, if you'll, there's a lot of uh, information right there in that scriptures. A lot of times you don't have your, your uh, prayer answered because you haven't made a covenant with God. Well, I, I gave him my life, yes, but you've got to make an oath. That's why if you go back and read the scriptures, you'll find that every great man or woman of God made an oath. Just like uh, the Hannah prayer. She said, if you will give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Uh, this young man who said, Lord, if you'll give me the victory, I'll give you whatever the first thing comes out of my house as a burnt offering. Jacob said, Lord, if you'll uh, bless me, and I will give you a tenth of what I receive. See, a lot of times we fail those parts. We just, oh, God's like a genie. Brother, man, we'll get it. Whatever I need, Lord, you're supposed to supply all my needs. But he said, make a covenant. And the covenant is, I will, whatever my, God, my father's will is, that I will do. What is the will? Read the scriptures. Understand the scriptures. Make vows toward the scriptures. But don't make a vow that you can't keep. Because God and the angels, neither one of them, look at you shamelessly or guiltlessly. So when you make a vow, make sure you're going to keep it. Do everything in your power to keep your vows. And that's why this thing talks about here. God made a vow. And he said, if you, will, if you will accept what I tell you, then I will be your God and you shall be my people. And when he does that, the things that, uh, that he promised Abraham, the things he promised Isaac, the things he promised Jacob, those things will be uh, done and they will be delivered. Now, here's that young man. Let's go back again at the man that was at the temple. He was there at the hour of prayer, which is by in the ninth hour. 
And everybody knew this man. He was there all the time begging for money because he couldn't move. He couldn't walk. And when he looked at uh, Peter and John, what is he looking for? Money. He was looking for money. He had already reserved to his man, I'll never be able to walk. I'll never be able to do the things I should be able to do. So I'm asking for pity. I'm asking, I'm begging for money. And what did they say? Silver and gold, we have none. But such as we have, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And he grabbed him by the right hand and pulled him up. There's a reason for it. It says right hand. The right side of the brain is supposed to be the most logical side. And so what he did, he grabbed him in the logic and said, get up and walk. Now, he didn't believe he was going to walk, but because he said it with no doubt, he got up. And when he did, he was leaping and jumping and praising God. That same thing happened to me. I was with a preacher named Ted Shuttlesworth, and my knees were bone on bone. You can, if you were there, I could show you X-ray and show it to you. And the uh, minister saw me out in the audience, and he said, "You," he said, "I see Jesus standing next to you, healing your knees." He said, "Come up here on this platform." I came up on that platform. My knees were still hurting me. But he said, raise your leg up, put it down, raise your leg up, put it down like you're in the military. He said, take off. I took off running backwards. My knees has not hurt me since, and that's been over seven years ago. But how long did I suffer? I must have suffered about seven years, maybe even longer. But I never complained. I always knew God was going to heal me, but I didn't know when. And that's the same thing. Don't complain. Realize our God is not dead. He's yet alive. Thank him for the little things. You'll be able to thank him for the bigger things. Make your vows toward the Lord. I'm telling you how this thing operates. Let's look at the uh, fourth chapter of Acts. And it says this. As, and as they spoke unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon him. The word Sadducees means they do not believe in the resurrection. They don't believe in angels. Pharisees believe in angels. They believe in the resurrection. So here they're sitting up in front of a person who don't believe in the resurrection. Number two, it says, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through, through Jesus Christ the resurrection from the dead. They and they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was now evening time. However, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men were about 5,000. When's the last time you've seen 5,000 people saved in a church? The reason is because we don't operate is that we're looking for Jesus to manifest himself. You're not looking for the Holy Spirit to speak to you that the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work. If you go back and read the book of um, Mark, you'll find out the last word in there, and the Holy Spirit worked with them. Well, he only worked with the apostles. That's not what it said. It said with the believer. And the best thing to do to get started to believe God can do anything but fail is start praying for yourself. Find out whatever, you got a little headache, 
lay hands on yourself and ask the Lord to heal that headache and watch the Lord heal you. Pray for your children. They have failed and hurt their knee. Lay hands on the knee and believe that Jesus is going to heal their knee. I'm telling you, as I started with my family, my family now, we call each other to pray for each other because we know Jesus hears our prayer. And it says we're two touching degree. It didn't say one touching degree. We're two touching degree. Sometimes it has to be you and the Holy Spirit only to touch and agree. But remember, the Holy Spirit is your connection with the one who created everything, which is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, let's keep on reading here. And it said, it came to pass in the morning that their rulers, elders, and scribes, and Anna, the high priest, and Kappa, and John, and Alexander, and as many were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power? Or by what name, what is name, authority, have you done this? And Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people, elders of Israel, if this day we be examined of the good deed done to this important man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel that by the name, the authority, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth means he set aside whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Even by him does this man stand here before you hold. And here's a proverb. This was uh, was quoted by the prophets. It says, this is the stone which is set at naught of you by the builders, which has now become the head of the corner. In other words, what you rejected, is what God has sent down there to be the example or the leader or the uh, teaching us what we need to do. If you notice, Jesus had a fourfold ministry. He came teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. He taught about accepting the word. He t- he t- preached about to ex- to uh, exclaim or to testify of God's word will work. There, heal the people. And he did not say, well, I'm the only one that can heal. He sent out his disciples to heal. People were being healed before Jesus got here. All you do is go back in the Old Testament. You'll find out about the prophet uh, praying for this little boy, and he came back to life. Miracles were happening. The prophet prayed, and the axe handle started swimming. Miracles has always been here. It's just us people don't want to believe for miracles because I prayed and it didn't happen. Then you take God out of his position. You're God. But since God is who he is and he's the one who decides who gets healed, he's the one who sets us on high, who be right beside him. He's the one who calls us either servant or friend. A lot of times we want to promote ourselves instead of let God promote us. But if you start studying this word, let me give you an example about how to set yourself in order with God. We call it divine order, divine order. So what you look at is 
what does please God? What pleases Jesus? The please Jesus is what Samuel said. Obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offerings. Satisfy God and his will, and his will will set you free. That's why it says, who the son sets free is free indeed. Yes, there's some things you're going to go through. Yes, you're going to have problems in this world. Yes, trouble's going to be around you. But there's also going to be good days. Some days that you know you don't deserve the blessing. But this is called favor. God's going to just give you favor anyway. And bless you going in, bless you going out, make you the head and not the tail, that you can lend and don't have to borrow. That is a great feeling. When you can get up in the morning and say, okay, I ain't got to worry about somebody kicking me out of my house. I don't have to worry about the lights going to be turned off because the God that I serve is a covenant-keeping vow God. If you can speak with your heart to God and tell him, this is what I need and I will do this for you, God will do things for you. Yes, Lord, let me keep going here. Because as I tell you, the word of God is the most important thing, and the Holy Spirit is the one you have to work with. The more you work with the Holy Spirit, the more the Holy Spirit will work with you. Power comes from the word. Let's look at this, uh, the uh, fourth chapter and the twelfth verse. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven which given among men which you must be saved. I've heard uh, Oprah and a few others say there's there's more than one way to God. But uh, the God who wrote this thing said that he is the only way. That's because when you understand the scriptures, not just being able to read the word, but understand this. That's why it says uh, wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your giddy, Get an understanding. When you get to, to the spiritual realms, you understand that it's vibration that operates the spiritual realms. It's vibrations that God has already created, and we must speak his word. Who is the word? Jesus. What does he tell us to do? Trust him. What does he say? Obey him. If you'll do these things, miracles will happen for you over and over again. And what does save mean? Save means that you have given your will over to someone else. And the will that we give it to is to Jesus Christ. Now, there's others who have given their, their will over to the devil. And once they start serving him, he gives you promises. He gives you miracles. But later on, his price is more than you can pay. He wants your soul so that you will suffer with him forever. Now, it's better to suffer a little while then suffer forever. So change your mind. Repent and follow, follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, the 13th verse, it says, Now when they had solved the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with who? Jesus. Who is Jesus? The Word of God. What is the Word of God? It's the Hebrew alphabet. What is the Hebrew alphabet? The Aleph Tau. In uh, Greek, they say 
Alpha and Omega. But to get the real understanding, you need to go back to where it came from, the root. The root is Hebrew. And behold, the man which was uh, healed standing with them, they, they could not say nothing against it. And when they had commanded them to go out, outside out of the council, they conferred with each other among themselves. In other words, the world always trying to figure out uh, how to explain things. They don't want to believe in miracles. The world wants wants you to say, oh, well, uh, uh, I don't understand it, but there must be a logical information or a logical answer for it. Everything is not going to be logical. Our God is a supernatural God. And being supernatural, he doesn't have to explain what he does or why he does things. He is the king. He is in charge. He's the one who wrote the book. And if we read the book, study the book, we'll become part of the book. And the book will make you, make you free. That's the best I can tell you. You will be free staying in the book. Also, uh, I'd like, uh, Dorothy, can you tell them the telephone number they can call in if they want to ask any questions or comments? Yes, the number is 646 595 Four seven eight four, and press the one if you want to speak. That's the only way I know if you want to ask a question. So six four six five nine five four seven eight four, and press one. Thank you, Dorothy. I was saying, you're welcome. Uh, reading through the scripture, reading through the scriptures today. I don't have my right glasses, and so I'm having a little hard time reading, but. We'll look for miracles. The God that I serve can always do a miracle. <laughs> All right. So let's keep on going here. Uh, the 4 and 16, saying we shall – hold on here. Let me see if these glasses will work here. Yep, this is better. All right. Saying what shall we do to these men? For indeed, a, a notable miracle has been done by them. In the is uh, by them is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But it was spread no further among the people. Let us straightway threaten them that they might speak they, that they speak hence no more about this man in his this name. And they called them and commanded them that they should not speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, saying, Rather it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more unto, than unto God, judge you. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. God wants us to be a witness of Jesus Christ. He wants us to get out and tell people, this is the miracles I've seen. I saw uh, a blind eyes open. This man could not see. And the prophet spoke in the name of Jesus, and the man's eyes came open where he could see. I've seen people, uh, to give you an example, there's a lady here in Kansas City. Her name is Deborah Ross. One of her legs was shorter than the other. And as the Lord had us to pray for it, her leg jumped out in front of her. Then it grew. As I tell anyone, believe the gospel and live. What is the gospel? There are so many parts to the gospel that 
we failed to tell it all. We want to talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But prophecy is, I mean, uh, the gospel is also prophecy. Prophecy is this foretell of things that's going to happen, and that's part of the gospel. Jesus said in the last days, and all we have to do is look around right now, these are the last days. That first of all, it says it talks about the fruit tree. Well, who is the fruit tree? Israel. Well, it says when Israel first starts becoming a nation again, look up your redemption draws nigh. Israel became a nation in 1948. I think it was either May the 14th or 15th. And because of that, it tells us that everything that was prophesied is coming to pass. There was war, rumors of wars, kingdom against kingdom, racism. All this has already been talked about. We don't have World War One, World War Two, and we're going to have World War Three. There are two temples that's been built so far. Uh, the first one, then there was Herod's temple, and the third temple is going to be the one that's being built right now. God deals in numbers. A lot of people say, oh, no, God don't deal in numbers, and he don't deal with in, uh, patterns and stuff. Don't let them trick you. Read what the Bible says. God deals in numbers, 40 days, 40 nights. I just say those two, and you automatically think about uh, the uh, Jesus was in the uh, wilderness fasting, uh, Noah in the ark. All these you'll look up, you'll find that God deals in patterns. And by he'll deal in a pattern, one of the patterns is vow a vow and keep it unto God. You want miracles? Vow a vow. Uh, just like for myself, I, I want something, I wanted the truth about God's word. And as I started reading in the book of Genesis, it shows me that our God is the God of truth. Because he said, if we don't go down and stop them from building on this temple, they'll get up here and can do anything they want to do. Now, God didn't, he didn't have to tell us that, but he did. And because of that, he is a truthful God. And since he is truthful, I believe him and I will do whatever he tells me to do. All right, let's go back to the fourth chapter and the verse, 21st verse. So when they had further threatened them and they let them go, finding nothing, how they might punish them because the people, because of the people for all men glorified God or praised God that which was done. For the man was about 40 years old. Here we have 40 again, aren't we? On whom this miracle healing was shown. And being let go, they went into their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them by whom the mouth of thy servant David said, Why does the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Now, this was prophesied way back when in 
the Old Testament. It's probably the second scriptures, uh, second Psalms. What happened? The kings and everything went against Jesus. King was uh, of the Old Testament. I mean, the, well, it was part of the New Testament. When he tried to kill all the kids, he wanted to make sure that, that he killed Jesus. or be, He didn't know his name. He just knew he was the king. King of Kings, a little boy, two years old, so he killed everything under there. And from that time on, you read that all the different kings of the kingdom tried to kill Jesus. Why? Because he was prophesied. That is the gospel. We prophesy things before it happens. And because of that, it lets us know the book that we use is the right book. I hear people say, well, the book has been tampered with and stuff. Listen. Read it for yourself. Don't let somebody teach you something. Read it for yourself. I don't care if I teach you something. Read it for yourself and see that this word of God is truth. It prophesied. And because of that, we know we, tru- we truly serve the, uh, the real God, the one who's able to create everything, that he is the God of heaven and of earth. So, uh, we get to the 27th verse now. It says, For the truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with, uh, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever their hands and their counsel determined before it was done. And now, Lord, behold thy threatening, and grant unto thy servants with all all boldness that they may speak thy word. Stretch forth thy hand to heal, and signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child, Jesus. Now, you notice what it said. Uh, Stretch out thy hand. Hand me thoughts in Hebrew to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done. By how? In the name of Jesus. In Jesus is everything the Father wanted. He said, this is my son on whom I am well pleased. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be a friend with somebody, I want to be the friend to whoever the head is in charge of that loves me. So Jesus is trying to renounce or getting us to renounce the sins of this world. Admit we are sinners. Admit we're wrong. But we want to do what's right so that our sins will be blotted out. That's, see, this is something else that most churches don't teach. This is at the time of refreshing. We don't know when that time of refreshing is. That's why we need to live holy each and every day. Well, nobody can keep all 613 commandments. But you can try. That's the thing. If you give up and say, well, I can't keep the commandments. I'm going to live the way I want to live. You think Jesus wants that? He wants the cream of the crop. He wants the best of the best. He is a king. Would you come into the king and have $10,000 in your pocket and pull it out in front of the king and give him a dollar? Say, well, bless you, king. No. So why do we give him a life? That is not perfect for him. 
that we should strive each and every day. That's why I said strive to enter into the straight gate, for it narrows the way that leads to eternal life. But broad, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, not a few, many go there at. Watch out for these people that, that teaching you all oh, grace, 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 grace. When the word says, uh-uh, there is no grace unless you live what I charge you to get you to live. You head for perfection and said, be perfect as I'm perfect, be holy as I'm holy. You strive for perfection and your life will change. You feel different than to just give up and say, well, God can take care of it. God can do this. God can do that. When God told us, we're the ones that wrestle against flesh. and We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wicked rulers of this world. We don't, we don't sit on the sidelines. We get physically in there. All you do is watch yourself, uh, you football players, football fans. When you be watching a football game, you don't be sitting there just mouth all closed. You be speaking. You be hollering. You trying to get into the game, and you know you can't get through that TV set. But that's the same thing. We should be excited to get into the, to the war, that we're here to win the war, not to lose. We're here to do what Jesus told us to do and to win, win, win. That's why we're called overcomers. All right, let's keep on reading here. And uh, we're at the uh, fourth chapter and the fourth verse, I mean the uh, 30th verse. Remember back there, buddy, it talks about hand to heal, thoughts to heal. You must have it in your mind. When you pray for somebody to be healed, you're looking for them to get healed. It's, it's up to Jesus to do it. But you be enthusiastic that you're going to believe God's going to get in there and help you. It says 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, a lot of times people say, yeah, to know if you're saved, you got to speak in tongues. Well, the Bible didn't say everybody speaks in tongues. All you do is go back and read it for yourself. But you're going to have one of the nine gifts. And there should be somebody can pray a prayer that can rock heaven and get hell scared. But a lot of times our prayers are so limited that we can't even rock ourselves, let alone get hell scared of you. You should be able to pray a prayer. And let me tell you the four levels of prayer first. There's actually five, but we'll go with four of them. The first level of prayer, nobody can pray better than you can for yourself. When you got to pray, you know what you're going through. You know what you're feeling. You know what you're thinking. Be truthful with God and speak the prayer that you pray for yourself. Second is the elder prayer. What is an elder prayer? It says go to the elders of the church and have them pray it over you. That's an elder prayer. Somebody that's in the church that has been in, 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 in Christ for a while, person that knows how to get a prayer through. So that's two of you touching the greed. Jesus said, I'll be in the midst of you. Well, you don't pray that. Now you need another prayer. You need a uh, what we call the uh, priestly prayer. What is a priestly prayer? That's when you go to somebody like it's a bishop or somebody a little bit higher that 
is in charge. They've been teaching. They've been preaching. They've been healing. They've been walking in miracles. That's what the Bible is all about, signs, wonders, and miracles. Then you stay, you get those people to pray for you. Then there's what we call the prophetic prayer. That means either a man or a woman, a prophet or a prophetess. They can get a prayer through. They can uh, ask God to help you. That's the ones you need next. But then there's that fifth level of prayer, which we call the man-God prayer. And what does that mean? That means you're so in tune with the Holy Spirit, so in tune, that all you got to do is speak a word, and he comes to pass. I've seen people that uh, a lady called me up over the, over the telephone. She lives down in New Orleans. She was at the airport. She was on her way to the uh, emergency room. She was so sick. She called me up, and I spoke a word into her life that she would be healed now. And instantly when I said that, she got healed. A young man, I was, uh, was way back in the beginning of my ministry, he walked up to me. He said, you got a spirit of poverty around you. I said, okay. I knew I was broke. And I, didn't know, I didn't know I was that broke that everybody could see it. But anyway, he said, you got a spirit of poverty around you. He said, I'm going to go get the apostle, and I'll be back. Walked around. The apostle came back. He said, you have a spirit of poverty over you. Well, I knew that part, but I need some way of breaking that thing. He said, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to speak a word in your life. And he said, from this day forth, you'll never be broke again. He didn't pray for me or anything else. He said, you'll never be broke again. I had to go down to uh, Texas, no, Oklahoma. I was down there preaching. And as I was going up the stairs, this lady stopped me. She said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what is it? She said, the Lord told me to tell you, you'll never be broke again. I said, well, thank the Lord for that. I got up and preached, came down the opposite way of the pulpit. Another lady walked up to me. She said, the Lord told me to talk to you. I said, what did he say? He said to tell you, you'll never be broke again. That's been over 30-some years. I have never missed a meal. I've never been broke again. You hear me? And like uh, one person told me, he said, uh, when I was working at the post office, if you quit the post office, you're going to starve. Well, 30-some years later, I still got over 200 pounds. I haven't starved. The God that I serve is a miracle-working God. I told you about the levels of prayer. That's like a vow to God. Say, Lord, I can't pray. Nobody can pray better than I can for myself. But in case I'm a little lacking, I need some help. And he's given us help. So you vow a vow to God. I believe whatever you say. If you say... Uh, the word can set me free. I believe the word can make me free. I believe whatever the word says. Don't let any man or any woman take you away from the word. Get to it. Know that it will come to pass, that it is truth. And the truth is what sets you free. Yes, Lord. All right. Anybody got any questions or comments? This is a good time to call on in. And I know there must be some people out there listening and got some kind of question. Even if you if you don't agree with me, call me in. All right, let's keep okay, on going. Okay, we've here. got a we've got a hand up. Let me. I think it's Helen. Okay. Hold okay. on. Okay. Okay, Erica four four three. Go ahead. 
Hi, good evening, um, brother and sister. Uh, good evening. Good evening. What can I do so for you? I, yes, sir. I wanted to ask you, you had um, said that uh, you talked about the nine gifts. Um, I don't know why. I, I It's not ringing a bell with me. I feel kind of silly for even having to ask you, but there's no um, bad question. So where can I find that information in the Word? Okay. Well, first of all, it's in First Corinthians. I'll wait till you get over there. And the 12th chapter and the first verse. 12-1. Okay. First mm-hmm. Corinthians, 12th chapter, and the first verse. All right. And it says this. It says, not concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. You know that when you were a Gentile, Gentile means somebody who does not have a covenant or a vow with God. That's why I was teaching people, make a vow with God. It's carried away yeah. onto dumb idols, even as they were led. you see it? Yes, sir. First Corinthians. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. Um, so I want to give you an understanding that no man calls, uh, they calls Jesus a curse if he's walking in the spirit of God. So... If you keep reading on, you'll find the nine gifts. Is the uh, one is um, the, uh, the word, word? Huh? Yeah. Starting in verse eight. Yes, I actually. Okay, now I see, it, and I actually have that underlined. So, um, you know what? Sometimes it takes someone to to like you were saying um, to get get a word. I have that underlined, but I have been wondering up until now why I couldn't speak in tongues. And so I have, I've been given the revelation now that we're not everyone is going to speak in tongues. That's right. Everybody does. All you do is keep on reading. It'll, it'll get down to their question. It says, do everybody speak in tongues? No. Do everybody prophesy? No. Well, God has said it in the body the way he wants it to operate through us. Now, I know some people that can operate, they operate in all nine gifts. I know some people that can only, that operates in one gift. Well, will you ever speak in tongues? It's possible because you can ask or desire the gifts. You can ask God for them, and he can give it to you. But it doesn't. everybody does not speak in tongues. I, I know for me, when I first... Mm-hmm. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I have been... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, Go ahead. I, I I've been praying for that. I've been praying for that gift, and I don't feel that it's coming on. I have been baptized twice. One mm-hmm. um, in traditional church, and the other one um, in the ocean. And, okay. Um. So someone had told me you actually had to be baptized. Uh, how did they say it? Um, purposely with the Holy Spirit, and I thought, well, I thought that was how you were baptized anyway. So okay, now there's two baptisms: is the baptism in water and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now the baptism in water is for you to renounce the things of this world. The baptism in the spirit is a supernatural thing. And because it is supernatural, that's why you had to go to, I think it's Luke 
the 11th chapter. Let's turn to it right quick. See, I'm glad you're asking questions because that's what I'm on here for. So people can really search these scriptures for themselves. Luke, the 11th chapter. Okay, have you got there? Yes, sir. Okay, let's go to the water for the forgiveness of sins, correct? Well, see, there's two, as I told you, there's two different things. So let's drop, there's one that's in um, Matthew, but we want to look at uh, Luke. Let's go to Luke, the 13th chapter. I mean, Luke, the uh, 13th verse. Uh huh. Can you read that for me? Yes, sir. Um, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask for it? There it is. Now, if you go back to read the other one, it doesn't tell you that part. It says just ask, seek, and knock. But see, you got the scriptures must be precept upon precept. And so precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And when you put both of them together, that's what it's talking about. You want the Holy Spirit, you got to ask for it. Well, you've been asking for it. God hasn't given it to you yet. doesn't matter. You keep asking. You keep asking. You keep asking. Don't give up until he, he gives you. I know a preacher that preached in the pulpit for 11 years, and he did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was a good preacher, good teacher, nice person, but he did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I asked him, I said, if, if you come up and preach with me up in Kansas City, the Lord will give it to you. Now, I did not know why God was going to do that or how all we can hear is the Holy Spirit when he talks to us. And so when he said that, I told him, he came up to Kansas City, he preached on uh, Ezekiel, the 38th chapter, dry bones, and after he got through, he started speaking in tongues. And he's been able to speak in tongues ever since. So I'm going to pray for you. Yes, please. Okay, that's what you, okay, I want you I want you to repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus Christ. Your word says. Your word says. If I want the Holy Ghost. If I want the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. I need to ask you. I need to ask you. And right now, Father. And right now, Father. I'm asking in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm asking in the name of Jesus Christ. Give me the gift. Give me the gift. Of speaking in tongues. You got to say it a little louder. And speaking in tongues. Give me the gift of speaking in tongues. Amen. Amen. Lord, you heard her petition. I bring it to the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit. And anyone else has been saying that prayer over the uh, radio right now. And I ask you to send ministering angels to them right now to minister to them, that they would have the gift of the Holy Spirit and with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I ask you to reach out and touch them right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Satan, take your hands off of God's property. I command you to flee right now. For it is written, if we submit ourselves unto God, resist the devil, that you would flee from us. And God is a good God, and he holds nothing back 
no good thing back from us. I ask you tonight, Father, as you are as they are sleeping, I ask you for the Spirit of God to come upon them right now. Father, I ask you to loosen their tongue, that they'll be able to speak in the Holy Spirit, that she will feel the power of God coming up on her right now. Satan, flee, flee, doubt, flee, feed your faith, starve your doubts. In Jesus' name, I ask you right now that where she's at, Father, that your spirit will surround her right now. I ask for the heat of God to come upon her and anyone else that's seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you said, Father, that that is a part of the gifts that comes from the Father himself. And I ask you right now that I thank you in advance in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, I'll be back on in two weeks. Let me see if the Lord doesn't give you that gift by the end. Do you feel anything now? Um, I don't feel anything right now. And, you know, um, I have just, uh, so I'm sitting on my bed because um, I'm kind of resting while I'm listening to this because I'm I'm fighting this cold. So I was actually sitting here saying, you know, Lord, if um, I'm in a good place, if I get knocked down, I'm just going to fall right on my bed. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. What, is your nose stopped up right now? Oh, my goodness, yes. My nose is stuffy. um, Okay, now just do what I tell you to do. Take your right hand and put it on your your nose and say, Dear Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus Christ. You're my healer. You're my healer. And I'm asking you to take this away. I'm asking you to take this away. Now, act like you're pulling up like something out of your, your nose and hold it up over your head. Don't let it go. Just pull it up and hold your hand over your head. Okay. You got it up there? Yes, sir. Father, you see her, her faith. I asked you to take it away. Now, let it go. Throw it away from you, just like throwing something away. Okay. Now, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take one mm-hmm. more. One more. How's your nose now? It's a little. It's, it's clear on. It's bless the Lord. I'm. Amen. Give the Lord a head clap. Amen. <laughs> bless the Lord. Yes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. All yes. right, I'm looking so, to hear from you again. Yes, sir. When I talked to you a few weeks ago, you had um, mentioned about clapping and um, and calling your angels. Yep. And, you know, about two mm-hmm. weeks ago, I, I started doing that, but I didn't do that with that in mind. And so when you told me that, that gave me affirmation. I said, oh, my goodness. So now I've been doing it purposely. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Amen. I Amen. I, I love learning. I, I want to learn as much as I can. And. God bless you, Pastor, and and you, Dorothy. I'm really enjoying these shows so much. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad to hear that. Because like I tell people, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And who is knowledge? Jesus. In fact, the fourth letter of the Hebrew, you have Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit. Dalit means knowledge, and knowledge is Jesus. Amen. One day I'll teach on the Hebrew alphabet and show the power of that. 
Is there an email? Uh, or can we reach you anywhere? Huh? Can can we reach you by email? Uh, yeah, but I only got like <laughs> I got so many people to try to email. <laughs> I hardly ever look um, look at those things. But okay. I'll I'll give it to you. You ready? All right. Okay. It's B as in boy, K okay. as in kite, okay. O F as in Frank, okay. James, J A M E S. Okay. At AOL dot com. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, so you can you can you can try to uh email me. <laughs> it's just as as I say, I got so many people that do that and I hardly ever read it, but I will look through every once in a while and then start mm-hmm. answering as many as I can. Awesome. Well you and have a I blessed would, day. Yes, you also, sir. And I would I'd love to get some information on the um Hebrew language like you were saying, if you have time to uh teach on that. Okay, well, we'll see about that. In fact, I got a teaching on the Internet, and it's under Pastor James Vivian. My last name is spelled V-I-V-I-A-N. Okay. And it's called uh, uh, Understanding the Hebrew Alphabet. Is that just like on Please. Google or is that YouTube? On uh, YouTube. Awesome. But you can Google it too and see what happens. Okay, and that's V as in Victor, I A N, like Nancy? Yeah, Vivian. V I V I A N. Oh, you know, like the woman's name, Vivian? V I V I A N. Okay, I'm glad I asked. Mm hmm. Wonderful. And my first Thank name is James. All right. Well, you have a blessed day. You and too. Um, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. All right. Let me see. Just trying to see what. Let's get back to the book of Acts. Acts is a good one. Amen. Anybody else, Dorothy? Not right now. It's good oh, to go. Okay. All right. See where we left off here. It's it's good how God does things. Miracles be happening over the radio, over TV, and I never know what God's going to do. As I tell people, my name is James and not Jesus. He's the one who does the miracles. All right. Let's see. Was that the fourth chapter? And I'm trying to see which verse we was at. Uh, the 32nd verse. And the multitude of them that believed was in with one heart and with one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of these things which are uh, which he possessed of his own, but they all was in common. In other words, these people believed with, uh, they all believed with their heart, soul, mind, and strength that the word works. I know it ain't saying in there, but that's what it means. The word will work if you believe it, and you got to speak it with boldness. The devil ain't scared of you by saying, uh, devil, leave me alone. Devil, don't bother me. No, you got to speak it out 
with boldness. Like when you uh, enter a fight, you don't walk up there and say, you're going to whoop me, aren't you? No, you walk in and say, I'm whooping everybody around here. There ain't nothing going to be whooping me because Jesus is my elder brother, and he's standing right behind me. My brother's going to take care of me. And as you start doing that with boldness, you'll see things change in your life. And I'm telling you, the, the doors that need to be open will start being open. The doors that need to be closed will start being closed. Like some of you women, you're with guys that you don't need to be with. You're with some guys that are just beating on you and your family, downgrading you by uh, word curses and stuff. You need to break it all away from them. There are some men that the women rule you. You need to break that stuff off. You're supposed, you were created to be a king, not a queen. This means I ain't talking about uh, your sexual preference or anything. I'm telling you, if you're created to be a man, you're created to be a king. You're supposed to do the things that pleases God, not pleases you. All right, keep on going here. Then it says, the 33rd verse, with great power, let me see, with great power, give the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and great grace upon them all. Neither was there any among them lack, for as many as were possessed of lands and houses sold them, brought the price of the things that were sold, laid it down at the apostles' feet and distributed to make to every man according to his needs. Now, why is it talking about they're giving everything in common? Why did they give all of the money to the apostles? Because they were getting ready to go through a tribulation period, and that was in 70 A.D. God already told them that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. He gave us a hint in uh, Matthew, the 24th chapter, also in uh, Luke, the 21st chapter. He's telling these people to get ready because of the transition that is about to happen and that they should be all in common and that they would help one another. And it happened in 70 AD. That place was destroyed. The Jews were spread it out, and they never became a nation again until 20, uh, I mean, 1948. So this is why he was telling them to do that. We're getting ready to go through a transgression now. Well, we don't know when it's going to happen, but we got to keep our ears open that we can hear when the Lord tells us, hey, it's time to hide, time to go to be with other believers because everybody's not a believer. And you don't want somebody praying for you over your food that don't believe that the prayer is, is getting ready to, to cleanse that food or believe that it, can, it can't multiply. I want a person that can believe with me. Because you never know when you're going to need water. You don't know when you're going to need food. And you're going to be able to pray over your food if you believe it. And God will answer that prayer. So that's why it was saying there. So no, do we have to go in common nowadays? There's a time coming. I don't know when it is, but if I was you, I'd have water and food in my house. At least I can pray over it and be able to feed others beside myself. All right. Let's, in fact, about it, let's see what happened to this certain man. Skip over to Acts, the fifth chapter, and the first verse. He said, but a certain man named uh, uh, Anna, Naya, and his wife, 
Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also privily to it. In other words, she knew what he was doing and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. I told y'all, if you're going to make a vow with God, do not, do not make a vow and don't keep it. Sometimes it could be costly, and this is one of those times it was costly. It says, but Peter said unto Ananias, why have Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, it remained, was it not in your own? Or after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why have thou conceived this thing in thy heart that thou lied, lied unto of, uh, but you have not lied unto men, but unto God? And Ananias, hearing these things, these words fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon them that heard these things. Why did God kill this man? It's because he was supposed to be helping others. He was robbing. Not he had the, the thing was his. He could kept the money in the first place, but he lied and said, "I'm going to give so that we all can be in common, that we all can eat together." No, he lied, and then his wife agreed with that lie. And you know what happened? She fell dead too. This is what the Bible tells us. The book of Acts is full of promises and promises of God to do things for you, and it's miracles, miracles, miracles. I've had people that uh, that that I've known that threatened preachers, and before the next day, all three of these men were dead. God is God. God is our father. God is our elder brother. Who is God? The word. Who is the word? Jesus. How do we know? Because of John 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. There was nothing that was made without made without him. In him was life. Life, which is the Hebrew word chet. Life. And God brings us everything we need. And you just got to be taught. That's just the bottom line. You just need to be taught. How are you taught? Through the word, through the word, through the word. One of the things that uh, I want to teach you right now is Philippians 4.19, where it says, My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You notice it didn't say Jesus Christ. It says Christ Jesus. I'm just going to explain this a little bit to you. When you pray prayers to go to heaven, it's in Jesus Christ's name. When you need an answer from that prayer, you go in Christ Jesus. You know, when uh, Jacob was laying on the ground, he said he saw a ladder and he saw the angels ascending and descending, your prayer go up, comes down. Prayer go up in Jesus Christ. The answer comes down in Christ Jesus. That's why it says, my God shall supply. That's the answer coming back in Christ Jesus, coming back. So start programming your mind. Just like you heard me tell that lady about clapping your hands. When you clap your hands, you bring in your angels that's assigned to you. 
and nobody knows how many angels we have. But as I say, you at least have one, and a bunch of you may even have more. The more God can trust you, the more he will assign angels to you. The more God can trust you, the more power he'll give to you. But you got to you got to feed your faith, as Lester Summer always said, feed your faith and starve your doubts. Uh, the other preacher, R.W. Schambach, used to say, you ain't got no problem. All you need is faith in God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let us look at the rest of this thing here. I want you to turn over to uh, Luke, the 21st chapter, and the first verse. Luke, the 21st chapter, and the first verse. See, I'm trying to get y'all into a place that you can receive things from God. I want everybody to receive from God. I want you to be blessed more than you want you to be blessed. I want you to see the manifestation of God in your life, not one time a month, one time a year. I want to see it manifest every day, all the time. God is a miracle-working God, and he's not dead but he is a prophetic God. In other words, he prophesied, and he wants us to prophesy, but only when we hear the Holy Spirit. If you prophesy out of your own heart, you're not hearing from the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will talk to you even in the middle of the conversation, and all of a sudden you'll say, yes, Lord. You don't even know why you're saying yes, Lord, because he's talking to you. And you walk with him, and you talk with him. You know, he gives us scriptures. He tell you what to avoid, and he tells you what to do. Like uh, Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, here it is, his delight is the law of the Lord, in which he meditates or think about day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaves also, which is, that means your children, your family, his leaves also uh, shall not wither, but prosper, prosper, prosper. So anyway, let's, as I tell you, our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is the one who prophesied. That's part of the gospel. That is the gospel. Then it says, okay, uh, Luke, the 21st chapter and the first verse. And he looked up and saw a, uh, the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a certain poor widow casting in thy two mites. And he said, Of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow has put in more than they all did. For all them have put in their abundance, cast it into the offering of God. But she of her poverty has cast in all the living that she had. In other words, when you trust God, sometimes he might cause you to might have to give up everything. But you got to make sure you're hearing from God. You got to count the cost, what you're giving up. I know for myself, I gave up everything to walk with the Lord. And I mean everything. I lost, I gave up my job. I gave up my family. Said, oh, you're not supposed to give up your family. Listen, if my family didn't want to walk with me in the Lord, I gave up my family. 
I wanted God more than I wanted anything for myself. I wanted him. Why? Because I know he's a miracle-working God, and he helps people. And I felt that burden of wanting to help people. So I lost my house, my car. I've lost a, a whole lot. But in return, I learned to have fellowship with God. I learned to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm still learning. 37 years later, I'm still learning. And in March, it'll be 38. This is one thing. It never gets boring. God is not dead. And he's a to you. He'll walk with you. He'll teach you. He'll guide you into all truth through the Holy Spirit. All right. Here we go. And the fifth verse. And as some spoke in the temple, this is the prophecy. How is it? Uh, look at how it's adorned. He's talking to Jesus with godly stones and gifts. And he said, as for these things which you are beholding, the days will come, prophecy, the day will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be hewn down. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what the sign and uh, what signs will there be when these things come to pass? Now, first thing is, he's prophesying. He said, not one stone be left upon another. He was talking about that temple, and that temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. And if you check the history, Josephus and the rest of them, they'll tell you not one stone was left upon another. He was a historian. He was there. Why? Because there was gold in the in the mortar. And they wanted the people who tore down that, that building, the Romans, they took out all the mortar so they could get all the gold. That's why it was not left up one up on the other. That should have told the people then that this is our Messiah. Even if the the uh, the chief priests and all them cat, uh, refused to believe it, they should have known. But there was a blinder over their eyes, and that goes on today. If you got a blinder on your eye, get back to the word of God so you can get that blinder move so that you will know the truth. And the truth is Jesus can change any situation. Just like a lot of people talk against our president, our president was chosen by God himself. But he's not a good guy. So everybody is not a good guy. I wasn't. And probably the people I'm talking to, you probably ain't been good either. But you can change. And because of that, God can use you. So it says, just remember what I'm telling you, prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. And the eighth verse, it says, and he said, take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draws near. Go you not, therefore, after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, and be not terrified, for these things must come first, but the end is by is not by and by. Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. A great earthquake shall be in dire places, famine, pestilence, fearful signs and great signs, uh, fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. In other words, he's prophesying these things are going to happen, and it's already been happening. But God deals in patterns. That's why I tell you, God deals in patterns. If it happened once, it's going to happen again. 
if it if uh, he prophesied about it, it's going to happen again and again until it gets to the great part, like when it says uh, 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 earth earthquakes and stuff. Yes, we've had some very devastating earthquakes, but there's going to be more, worse. That's why it says great earthquakes and dire players are different places. You know, we're looking at things now overseas. They're going through some bad times, and and uh, they're, they're having famine and all this. But what did that last earthquake hit? It hit Russia, 7.4. They sure wasn't looking for that. They let you know man is not in charge. God is. God's word will always be true. Man will lie. But the God that I serve is the God of truth. And what he prophesied is let us, he prophesied for one reason, to let us know he knows what the future brings. He knows what the future holds. So let's keep on going here. Uh, the 12th verse. But before all these, they shall, they shall lay hands on you and persecute you, deliver you into the synagogues and in prison, being brought up before kings and rulers for my name's sake or because of my authority. They're going to arrest you. They're going to uh, turn, but it's going to turn to you for a testimony. If you don't have no test, if you don't have no trial, you have no testimony. A testimony is a way of testing you so you'll know what you are about. God already knows, but he wants you to understand. So that way, when you made it to heaven, you made it because you believe what God's word says. Well, I thought you don't have to work to get to heaven. Book of James says, show me your faith by your works. He's from Missouri. So is God. He owns Missouri and everything else. He tests you. He tries you. And he wants you to know what you're short on and work on that shortcoming. Some of you have anger issues. Well, uh, everybody has a right to be angry. All the time? No. You probably got a spirit in there. And it's probably may not be yours. It could be something from your great-great-grandfather. Well, I don't believe in generational curses. I don't believe in generational demons. doesn't matter. It doesn't change. That's just like you saying, the sun ain't going to rise tomorrow. I'll never believe it'll rise again. Just because you said it don't mean nothing. If you get up tomorrow, the light will be somewhere. sun will be shining somewhere. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't try to go by your own thoughts or leaning to your own understanding will not help you. But it says acknowledge him in all that ways, and he, he, the Holy Spirit, will direct your path. He'll bring you into the scriptures where you learn and see it for yourself. And as I said, there's going to be a time when people are going to turn against you. I'm talking about church folks, you know, the ones that love you, that tells you, I love you no matter what, but you need trouble, you need them help sometimes. Uh, I'm busy right now. I can't help you right now. See, a friend will help you in all kinds of trouble, even if it's trouble for himself, like that man who had, the bread, and here's his neighbor knocking on the door, and it was late at night. But what he told him, he said, because it is in, in an opportunity for me, and you are my friend, I'm going to get up and give you all what you need because you got a guest there. And so now let's get to the uh, 14th verse. Sell it, therefore, in your heart, 
not to meditate before you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth of wisdom where you, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. Now, we just read that. You got to remember, at that time, Jesus was here on this earth. He prophesied this was going to happen. And if you read about Stephen, you'll find out exactly what happened about Stephen. They tried to gainsay, but God gave him a word that he, he could not be gainsay or out-tricked or out-thought because God's word is true. And it says, 16, and you shall be delayed by both parents and brethren and kinsmen and friends, and some of you shall be put to death. Go back and read Stephen. That's what it's all about. And you, sh- and you shall be hated of all men for my namesake or my authority. But, you, but there shall not a hair on your head perish or be lost. Don't mean you ain't going to die. But believe me, you will be resurrected. And every hair is counted in your head. God knows what every hair you got. All right. In your patience, possess your soul. Learn to be at peace, if possible. If possible. Everybody is not your friend. Everybody does not want to be at peace with you. Some people want to start arguments. But your job is to defuse that argument. Your job is try to walk away if possible and ask the Lord to help you so the Holy Spirit can speak to you, that he'll give you uh, the words to say, knowledge and what, how to do something to handle a situation so that you will have peace. Peace. In the Hebrew, it's called shalom. Shalom. The more you have the angel called shalom or peace, the more you be blessed. The more your blood pressure goes down. The more when people get angry at you, you look at them and smile at them. And the smile you have is not fake, but real, that you would like to have them to have that same peace. As I say, anybody else out there would like to call in and, Asked a question or anything or a comment. All right. Let me keep on going until you do. It says uh, the 18th uh, verse. Oh, no. The 20th verse. It says, when you see Jerusalem compassed with army, then know that desolation, therefore, is nigh. Is he talking about? When he said that. Uh, Jerusalem. You got to remember Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD and became a nation again overnight in uh, 1948. Now, it says there's going to be a time when all the armies are going to come against Jerusalem, and they're getting ready to do that. But before that happens, they got to build the temple. They got to build the temple. And the temple is trying to be built right now, the third temple. And when that happens, then the desolation that makes desolate will happen. What is that? When the Antichrist will step in the temple, declaring himself to be God. And you'd be surprised how many of you are going to believe the Antichrist is God. But see, our word has already warned us. The word has taught us. This is the prophecy. Watch the prophecy. Watch the word. The word is truth. 
and that is the gospel. All right. It says, then let them that be in uh, Judea flee into the mountains. Let them which is in the midst of uh, in the midst depart out. Not them that are in the country enter into. For these for these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. The book of Daniel. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Prophecy is not necessarily foretelling the future, but it is sometimes telling the future. And the gospel is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is future events, present events, and uh, things that has happened in the past that we can look back and say, oh, this is what God was talking about. But woe unto you that are with child, and them that give suck in those days, for there shall be a great distress in the land and wrath upon these people. They shall fall by the edge of the sword. They shall be led away captives into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trotted down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. When did that happen? 70 A.D. Israel has not been a nation until 1948. History is great. you got to know your history because if you fail to recognize history, you fail, you're bound to repeat it again. But this gives you what to look for. It tells you what what uh, what God says when he says the Gentiles. The Gentiles means those that have no vow or covenant with the God that we serve. And because of that, they have been evil, wicked, destroying nations, uh, abortions, all these things. Why? Because of the spirit that's of this world. A lot of times we want to look at, but it's the spirit that operates in this world. And the spirit that operates in this world is the prince of the air. His name is Lucifer. His name is Satan. He is Beelzebub. He has a lot of different names, a lot of different ranks here. But our job is to fight back, fight back, fight back. Let God's spirit rest, rule, and abide in us because we're looking for the signs and wonders that are getting ready to happen. And here it is. It says, the 25th verse, it says, there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the wave roaring, men's heart failing for fear, for looking upon those things which are coming on the earth, for the power of heaven shall be shaken. Then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, that is a whole lot of stuff in between that's going to happen, and some of it's done happening, and some of it is happening. Like we got a new, another uh, blood moon coming in uh, uh, this month, the 20th and the 21st. It will start that night on the 20th. And if you watch this, there will be an eclipse, and the moon will turn blood red. Every time that happens, it means it's a new dispensation for Israel. So something is about to be happening for Israel. It could be good or bad, but it's going to happen with them, and that's our time clock. Whatever happens to Jerusalem happens to the rest of the world. It's, we do have a call again. Okay. Um, let me open the mic. Area code six three six, go ahead with your question. Yes, I have a question. Is uh, okay. pedophilia 
is that cause is that an inherited trait uh, that is influenced by the spiritual realm? Okay, pedophilia is uh, sometimes it it, it inherited, or sometimes a child when it's in the mother's womb can be cursed and that thing will enter in. I'll give you an example. The father walks past. He's mad at the mother. I wish you wasn't pregnant. Or here's the mother mad at the father. I wish I wasn't going to have this child. And it doesn't matter. It's nothing to do with pedophilia, but because that spirit is close, that's the spirit that goes in and claims a position. I want a friend. They don't want him. I want him. They don't want him. I want her. And these things enter in. That's why you hear people say, well, I've been this way ever since I was born. They tell them the truth. But they can break the curse. Okay. Another question is, I have a friend that her her baby daddy was a pedophilia, and she is afraid that her son uh, may get that trait. Is there anything that she can do to bro- to to break that? Make sure that her son doesn't go down that road, also. Okay. Now the thing is about that, but because it can enter in and not be hers, but if it's the father's like that, then that's what we call generational curses. Yes, it can happen. But how does she get? Uh, if the child is under 18 years old, she, as a parent, has spiritual power of attorney over that child. And what she has to do, she has to find the curses to break off of that child and the strongholds. And the way you do it is that you speak whatever the Bible says that, uh, to give you an example, uh, I want a person to be changed. So I use Psalms 51. Curate within me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew the right spirit within me. In other words, I'm breaking that curse over that child. Another one is Psalms 82. God judges among the gods. In other words, I'm asking the Lord to enter in because I got power over my kids to break that curse, to break that stronghold. So that's the main thing is always break curses. That's why it says in Ephesians, uh, six, where it says, "We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual, spiritual things." And the way we break things by spiritually speaking. So, so she needs to find quotes in the Bible that would justify the breaking of that curse. Then, yes, sir. I was, as I say, I would start off at fifty, fifty-one and ten. And 82. Okay. That's, that's a good one to start at. Now, does she have to call that specifically out by name, the pedophilia? Yes, because they operate by the authority, and the authority means name. So if you call it, you know, pedophilia, and call it out, and you read that scripture over there, you're addressing that spirit, and he's got to listen. Because once you okay. find out the spirit name, you have power over that spirit. I'll give you an example. Uh, a lady came to me not too long ago and wanted to commit suicide. 
I don't call it murder. I had to call it suicide. And once I I did that, it broke that curse to where it couldn't kill that person. Now, so whatever how spirit. Know, mm-hmm. Now, how does she know when that curse is broken off of her son? Mm. Um, how would she know? The best thing is to have to have faith that God is going to do it. And okay. if you're doubting, if you have doubt, do it again until you feel the release. That's the best thing I can tell you. When you feel the release, because you have power over that that child. Okay, that that makes total logical sense, and she understands that. Uh, now, what mm, okay. were the nine gifts that you were talking about? Okay, I was talking about First Corinthians, the twelfth uh, chapter, and it starts off with here. It says at the eighth verse. 1 Corinthians 12th chapter and the 8th verse. And it starts off as this. It says, To one is given the spirit of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Well, the word of wisdom is a spirit that can tell you future. Not like the uh, psychic can do. They use uh, what they call familiar spirits. But there is a spirit that God can give us called wisdom, and it tells us the future. Then there's the word of knowledge, which tells us the present and the past. Okay. Then it says, to another faith, uh, to another faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. There is a gift called faith. You know, there's some that has faith, but there's a supernatural faith. That means when you get ready to speak, there's no doubt in your mind. It's just doubt is out, faith is in, trust is there, that God's spirit is going to bring it to pass. So the other one is I told you, the gifts, it has S on there, gifts of healing. Now, what does that mean? That this gift can, uh, let's say maybe you have the gift of praying for people's headaches and they get instantly healed. Another person can pray for a person's back, and they get healed. Or somebody else can pray for cancer, and they get healed. But because it says gifts, yes on it, it doesn't mean you have all the same gifts. But it operates the way the Holy Spirit wants to. Then number 10, it says, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. So let's go back and look at those. The working of miracles. Now, that's what we call creative miracles. And let's say like a person, like this one man, he had both of his feet cut off. And he asked this this pastor to pray for him that his feet would grow back. Now, that's what we call creative miracles. And he, t- the pastor told him, go buy him a pair of shoes. In other words, he had to put his faith to work. So he bought him a pair of shoes. And the uh, shoe salesman said, oh, what you want to do with this? He said, I'm going to wear them home. And so the man looking at him, both of his feet cut off. He said, what size? He said, ten and a half. So the man brought him the ten and a half, put it down there, 
and he stuck his snub in the foot in the shoe, and his foot instantly grew back. Just because a miracle doesn't happen in front of a person doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So both of his feet grew back. That's called working of miracles, and that's what we call working in the uh, glory realm. Okay, then the other one is uh, uh, to another prophecy. Okay, prophecy is to be able to uh, understand future events. In other words, uh, the book of Revelation says that this is the prophecy. It revealed things that's going to happen. So in other words, it ain't, it's more than going out and saying you're going to have a new house, a new car, and all that. But it's uh, to understand the word of God, it gives you a supernatural understanding of prophecy. Then it says to another, uh, discerning of spirits. The word discerning means to be able to judge what spirit is operating. You may not know what the name of that spirit is, but you can you feel it or you judge something that's wrong. Like, uh, to give you an example, there's a lady in the church. She knows everything about the spirit realm. She, she knows more than the pastor do. In fact, about she wants to control the pastor. Well, listening to that, first thing is letting me know, this is Jezebel. A Jezebel spirit controls things. Always want to uh, be focused on on that person that she knows everything. Or a man can have a Jezebel spirit too, that he knows everything. So you want to discern so you'll know what spirit you're fighting against. Then it says another, uh, different types of tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues. Well, what is tongues? There are four types of tongues. There's the tongues of men, tongues of angels, tongues that you speak inside a church, and tongues that, that you speak directly to God, and you have no interpretation. The one you speak inside the church is the one you should have an interpretation. Now, the tongues of men can be like uh, J- Japanese, Korean, uh, English, Spanish, then the other tongue is a supernatural language that you, you'll hear it and may not understand it, but somebody else may be able to hear it. And this is what that second part is, to interpret what is being said. And the interpretation can be either longer or shorter than what that person said. So in other words, they spoke for about five minutes in tongues like that you never heard before. It is not nobody's language then the person who gets up to interpret says, I got the interpretation, and they'll explain what the interpretation. It might only last a minute. It might last 10 minutes because God's words, uh, because of Hebrew words and God's words, it can be 10 different things at the same time. Sometimes God makes a short message of something. Sometimes God makes a long message of something. But it says that's uh, to, but the uh as I said, the different types of tongues and the interpretation. And then the 11th verse says, but all work all in one and self-spirit, dividing severally, severally as the spirit will. In other words, you don't know how to operate it, only the spirit operates through you. He's the one, and you can have one gift, you can have now nine gifts, 
but it's the word of God doing it. It's the spirit of God doing it. So this is what we look at when we're talking about the nine spiritual gifts. Now, I have a question on prophecy. If, okay. if multiple people prophesize over you that something's going to happen in the future, is that guaranteed that it will happen? No, it's not guaranteed that will happen because sometimes people prophesy out of their own heart. They may, they want something good to you to happen for you. And the Bible says out of the mouth of two and three witnesses, let every word be established. That's where we have to go to. I think it's uh, the, the uh, 13th chapter, I mean, first Corinthians 13th chapter. Or it says, uh, let's see. Or it says that out of the, uh, if somebody prophesy, or is it the 14th? It's one of where he, uh, for one person prophesy, then there should be somebody there to judge if the prophecy is true or not. So when you got somebody prophesying over you and another person, uh, that person says, well, I don't need nobody to judge me. I know my prophecy from God. Then you don't need to listen to them. Well, every word. What if you have three different people that are not associated with one another, all prophesying mm-hmm. the same thing over you, and you didn't tell mm-hmm. them, you know, that thing? Uh, kind of like uh, what you were told about uh, you'd never be broke. Mm-hmm. Well, see so that it, somebody with that. Oh, yeah. Would that be guaranteed to happen then? Yes, if somebody, or three different people prophesy over you, that means it's God doing the word. It's not you or somebody or somebody else trying to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So in other words, okay. these three don't know each other, and they're all saying the same thing. I look for it to come to pass. Okay. okay. But, so, I'll uh, give you an example. Uh Several people, several people prophesied that I'd be in the ministry, and I didn't see it. <laughs> but yet, and still, I've been in the ministry now 37 years. And if anybody, if you did, if you did talk to me the day before I entered the ministry, you would say that he ain't entering no ministry. But the word had been set forth, and at a certain time, what they call a season. Season means appointed, appointed time. If God said it, it's coming to pass. If he has to resurrect you from your dead body to get you to go where he wanted you to do, he'll do it. Do you have any word from God, any prophecy? Not necessarily for me, but maybe for somebody that may be listening or a future listener. Mm. Well, as I told you, the gift controls me. I don't control the gift. So well, a lot that, of times if God if God gives that, me a, a I, uh mm-hmm. that, that's why oh, yeah, I, I'm I sorry. and then didn't say you should. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know if you may. Because you know, sometimes uh to somebody else to ask somebody if they have a word. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that they know that they have a word. Yeah, I've had people come up to me 
and ask for a word. From, do you have a word from God? Do you have a word from God? Well, the Lord told me a long time ago to let me know I don't control the gift. And the word he usually tells me, if you'll stop listening to the devil, you can hear God for yourself. And what I do, I, concur- I come back behind and confirm what you've already heard. So, oh, okay. if, mm-hmm, so that uh, most times when anybody prophesying over you, they should be confirming what somebody else has already said. Like as I told you, they said exactly the way the, the prophets, uh, the apostles said to me, you'll never be broken again. Didn't add to the word or did not subtract to the word, but that was it. You'll never be broken again. And the Lord has really blessed me. But as I tell anytime somebody keeps asking you for a word from God, no, don't. Don't do that because you may get something that comes from out of their heart. And the Bible says that sometimes we prophesy out of our own heart. This is why we have to know the word and keep it according to the scriptures. Well, Pastor James, thank you for answering this question, and thank you for answering the question for my friend. Uh, she she understands what she needs to do for her son. So we we thank you very much. Amen. Well, thank you for calling in and asking. That means somebody else get to learn at the same time. A lot of times, I may I might miss something, but by people calling in, asking questions and stuff, it opens it up for somebody else who might need this word or might need a better understanding of what the word is teaching. And thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Okay, Dorothy. We have anyone else? No, but I have an an unrelated question, and I don't know why this is on my mind today. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if there are any spiritual ramifications, and I have a feeling there might be, when um, a parent nullifies their divorce through the Catholic, which means the children are not sanctified, I would think. Mhm. So, does that have any ramifications that we should be looking at things to do about it in our own spiritual walk? Okay. Now you got to remember, uh, different denominations have different things. So, like the mm-hmm. Catholic Church, you have uh, actually you have like two Catholic churches. You have the original Catholic Church. And then you have the Roman Catholic Church. Now, the original Catholic Church, it means the universal church. But the second one, which is called the Roman Catholic Church, has their own laws and stuff. Now, the thing is, we walk by the understanding that we have of whatever denomination we're under. So, like I tell people... uh, It is a denomination or a tradition. Does God require that? Now, if God doesn't require that, like as Jesus said, a lot of stuff was tradition. It has no effect upon us. So if your child, you're born in the Catholic faith and everything, you get a divorce and everything, your child is still sanctified by you, you, according to the uh, I think it's in First Corinthians, about the tenth chapter, where an un- unbelieving mate is saved by a believing mate. 
who is your children. It, it tells you right there. I think it's First Corinthians, the tenth chapters, or somewhere close to that, where it talks about your child is sanctified because of a believing mate. Any other questions? Even if or did that, I answer it for you? Yeah, even if that believer is believing in the Catholic stuff. Well, you see, it's it's about the person. What do you believe in? Do you believe in Jesus Christ versus do you believe in the denomination? In other words, I told you a lot of stuff is tradition. That's the, that's the Catholic thing or the Methodist thing or the Lutheran thing or Episcopalian. That's tradition. But the word is, and that's why I said your best look at it. Let me glance over there right quick. I think it's the 10th chapter of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, where it talks about believing mate and stuff. Let's see. I know it's got to be close around there. And it talks about the children and everything else. Or is it the 9th chapter? I'd have to look that up. I'd have to look it up. But I'll tell you what, ask me next week. I'll give you the answer where it is. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so the best thing is just remember, some things are tradition, and God does not, he is not responsible for tradition. He's only responsible for what the word says. In other words, God said that you're a believing mate, and that doesn't mean in the Catholic Church, but any believing in God, Jesus, believing in him, that sanctifies the family. That's why sometimes a, a person who's not believing stay around a, a believer because he wants to or she wants to, and all of a sudden they end up getting saved because the scriptures say it's for you and for your for far far off. In other words, uh, it could be generations down the road that here you have prayed for somebody, and twenty generations later, because you prayed for them. They got saved, even though you wasn't around, you didn't know nothing about them. But God's word is forever. It's not for a short time, it's forever. I hope to find it for you next week, and so you'll know where it is. Okay. Okay, Any Um, other questions? No, we're good. All right. Well, I'm glad we got through some of the scriptures tonight. I'm glad people called in because it makes makes me have to study more, and I love to study. And I'm always looking for somebody who can come up with a scripture that can stop me. <laughs> and that's like, uh give an example. How many times in the Bible is the word Easter? How many times in the Bible, the King James Bible, is the word coffin? Or things like that. A lot of people don't know. That's because you have not studied for that. And that's the same thing with God's word. You want blessings, you have to study the word for it. That's why I was teaching y'all tonight about making a vow. Vows get God to move things for you. Vows is a covenant that goes with God. The Gentile, when you ever hear that word Gentile, that means they have no covenant with God. They don't have no agreement with God. And so some people... Uh, they try to call on God when they need something, but they have no no 
uh, vow or covenant with them, with God, and it doesn't come to pass. But those that know their God, those who know the word, those who know the word and really understand it, they shall have great blessings. To give you an example, when a person says, uh, Shalom, well, we look at it, it means to be blessed. But with Hebrew words, it can be 10 different words. And one of the words is prosperous, being health, uh, uh, and, and then about seven other different words because you only said that one word, but it could be seven different other words that brings blessings to you. So when somebody says shalom, it means not only hello, goodbye, but it means be blessed, be prosperous, be in good and health. And one of the things that, you know, you don't hear churches preaching on too much, but they'll say it, but they pass over it. And that is, uh, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as, now here's the rest of it, as your soul prosper. They don't add that part. They just wish you to be prosper and be, you know, and all these other things. But they fail to say, as your soul prosper. The Bible doesn't put anything in there that's not needed. In other words, God says a man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, every word. And that's what makes the difference between, well, hearing the word and receiving the word, being a listener or a doer. The doer receives, and that's why it says, uh, in the old, old churches we should say, put feet to your prayer. Don't just pray. Put feet to it. In other words, you want something, start looking for it. Ask, seek, and knock. I'm looking for God to do something. Well, I put a, like if I want a business, I write down a plan on the business. I just don't be praying and don't have a plan on the business. Because if I put a plan out there, then he'll be able to look at that plan and direct my path. So anyway, um, Nobody else got any more questions? Dorothy, I enjoy talking to you as usual, and we'll see what the Lord says for next week. But as I say, signs, wonders, and miracles, as I say, I'm, I'm a living witness again with that, with that stroke that happened and instantly healed without any medicine. That is awesome. That is awesome. I still don't understand why they... Held you captive for six days in there, but <laughs> I would have said, "Give well, me an MRI and look at it." <laughs> oh, one MRI was enough. They got you in a little tight machine. You can't look it up there. But it's just like the Bible said. You know, when they saw that man being able to walk, they just couldn't believe it. They had to. They had to try to figure out what does that mean. Yeah, it just means one thing. He wasn't walking. He's walking. That's good enough for me. <laughs> All right. Well, you be blessed, and I'll say a prayer, Father. I ask for the people that's there now to receive an engrafted word of God in their heart, that they'll be able to walk and feel your presence, that the Holy Spirit will be upon them, and not only them, but their family. Father, those that are asking for a petition to be healed or set free for something, Father, show them the scriptures they need to use and what to stand on. Father, that they, 
they understand that they stand on the might of the word of God. They stand on the might of Jesus Christ, not on their thoughts or their feelings or their emotions, but of the word of God that able to bring forth anything we need, that is able to supply all of our needs. Whatever we need, we can trust God that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, we can to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus Christ's mighty name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. All right. I'll talk to you next week. I mean, week after. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you so much. Have a blessed evening. Good night, everyone. Father bless.